Well, we may not have fabulous 80s style hair, but we're talking jibberfish, aren't we, Dom? It is a mighty mane that Steve Harrington has. It yeah. is a mighty ass mane. Uh, it is that entire, the entire show we're about to talk about is filled to the brim with mighty mains. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were going to do a special little side episode about Stranger Things. This may appear before or after the uh, the main episode that we're going to put out. Um, but this is going to be our kind of in, in a bubble talk about Stranger yeah. Things because... It's, it's brand new. We're recording this on the 7th of uh, July, uh, the anniversary of the worst train attack in London, I've just remembered. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Never forget, but we forgot. Um, but we were... Never forget, but... Uh, never forget, but... Oh, we, um, we watched the show. It came out, like, three days ago. This yeah. will not be included in the main episode because we'd hate for somebody to tune in for the regular Jibberfish podcast, and all of a sudden, we're just yelling about, oh my god, did you see when that guy died? Yeah. So we're going to put this in its own little bubble and talk about Stranger Things. So, how did you get introduced to Stranger Things, the show? Uh, the same way I think everybody got introduced to Stranger Things, it was everybody that I know, and their parents, and their fucking children, and their dogs, just going, have you seen this new Stranger Things yeah. on Netflix? And uh, it took me a while to acquiesce and actually watch the show, because mm. I am not the biggest fan of Winona Ryder. Right. Because I watched Alien Resurrection, and most of her most of her dialogue, and that's just why does nobody listen to me? I'm a robot man. She seemed, <laughs> she seemed very pouting it. Like, no, nah, I don't want to see more of that kind of acting in Stranger Things, and I was pleasantly pleasantly disappointed. Yes, with the lack of baby talk from Winona Ryder, she hits it out of the park in in all yeah. seasons. She's yeah. a really good character, and it, yeah, just a lot of people saying, "Dude, watch this," and I never usually go for that. Yeah, because the worst thing about watching anything that's been hyped up for so long is being disappointed by it. Because that happened to me with numerous movies over the years. Mm. Just saying, oh, go and watch this, go and watch this, and ultimately it just it was like um, what film? It was the big fucking movie, uh, Gran Torino. Right. Everyone, everyone was saying, oh, watch this movie. It's a Clint Eastwood movie. It's fucking outstanding. I watched it and just think, not that great. It's, it's but, another Clint Eastwood movie, yeah. but. So about what? him being an old man. What a surprise. <laughs> he's a man out of time, almost like he's Clint Eastwood or something. Yeah, the, All of his movies may as well be called Old Man Being Old Man. Yeah. <laughs> Even when it was a young man. Just Even old when man it was a young being... man. Young man being old man. Young man being old man being out of time. I was kind of saying, but I waited until season two. I knew that season two was coming out. Everyone's yep. hyped up season one, and I was like, yeah, I'll get around to it. Yeah. And then when season two came around, I decided I'll actually go for it. I'll watch season one. Binged it in a day. Yeah, it is that kind of show. Very Moorish. I I assumed it would take me like a week, so I gave myself a week until season two launched. Binged it in a day and went, oh God, I've got to wait a week like the rest of you (laughs) fucking normies. And uh, that was the longest week of my life. Season two comes out and takes all of what I enjoyed about season one. I kind of have weird feelings that I don't like the main character for season one. He's not so much the main character for the, the rest of the show, but I don't like Will. The little kid who gets uh, dragged into the, the other side. Oh, well, Byers. Yeah, I see him as being the main character of season one because he's who they're looking for, even though yeah. I'd say it shifts more towards L because Mike was kind of there to begin yeah, with. I, I'd always see, that it's especially in the first season, yeah, because it's Mike that has the most interaction with L. L, in my mind, is the main character. Yeah. But Mike is the kind of, he's the sorry, secondary protagonist of it. and yeah. He's the one that we kind of, relate to in the most because he's yeah. dealing with all this shit he's yeah. a young kid playing D with his friends yeah and then all of a sudden this fucking crazy powerful child comes along and she can pick people up and throw yeah. things about and it's rude psychic baby shows up yeah i would yeah 
it's, it seems like Elle is your main powerful character, but because she's unrelatable, and that's part of her charm, is that yeah. you can't really sit down and have a normal conversation with Elle, even uh, three seasons in. She still doesn't understand basic concepts, like when somebody says, I love you, like, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean when, you know, your dad says it to you versus what does that mean when your boyfriend says it to you? Yeah. Is it and the same thing? even if you look at the yeah. start of season three, uh, if you go into Elle's room, there's mm. just dictionaries and uh, yeah. all these different English textbooks teaching her how to teach, uh, speak English because... She's lived in a facility for yeah. God knows how many years. She was raised as an experiment, not yeah. as a human being. So she was basically your main focus of like how do we figure out how we take the most powerful character in the in the world at that point and then make her relate to a bunch of kids, which was great because yeah. those kids are probably the most stereotypical eighties nerds oh, yeah. I've ever seen in a show. And they're done really well, even though I don't like half of them. I don't like uh, Will. See if you say you don't like Dustin, I'm throwing you out of your own house. <laughs> I'm not that big a fan oh, of Dustin. Dude, he's so wrong. He's okay. He's the best character. And Lucas is the best character. And Lucas, some... Lucas is the most. Lucas is the most normal. And that's yeah, why he's, the, he's the, the best he's character. He's the regular guy. Because yeah. every so often other people are dealing with this shit and Lucas is just going, I want to go home. Yeah, I <laughs> It's dinner time. It's dinner time or there'll be something that like the nerds are like. I have I have things to do at home that don't involve you people that would make me much happier than dealing with you people. Yeah. Would you kindly fuck off please? I, I like Lucas more because he's a more normal character. Um, Dustin's okay. He gets a bit grating at sometimes. Yeah. Like who in season three he gets a girlfriend. Who the fuck gave the kid with a lisp a girlfriend called Susie? Okay, you cannot say that thing if you have no front teeth, and that's his thing. He has no front teeth, yeah, has no and front apparently teeth. has no collarbones yeah. either. That actually, was a weird thing. That's actual things that happen to the actor. Really, that's just shit that he has. He actually has some. He's got some kind of condition where his teeth don't grow properly, and he has apparently no collarbone. Hmm, it's gonna be weird because he's not gonna be doing a show where he gets. Uh, he it's like a prank show about people. They think they've got a job, and then he shows up and like punked you. I guess so. Is it? And is he doing the next season of Punk? No, Netflix is doing its own weird oh, prank right. show with with him as a star. And I'm like, it's weird that you're making a prank show out of unemployment, but never yeah, mind. That's, that seems a bit harsh. Yeah, could you imagine? That's <laughs> going to get cancelled <laughs> very quickly. The, the, the joke was, can you imagine you show up for your first day at work and the fucking kid from Stranger Things is there laughing at you with his lisp? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, that guy's going to get punched in the face. But I was going to say, if he's got no collarbone, just karate chop him and yeah, see what happens. Just hit him in the neck and <laughs> crumble. <laughs> So, yeah, I, the, the main kids for Stranger Things, I'm not that big a fan of them. I just, they, they seem kind of annoying to me. I don't know what it is. They just kind of, you want to give them all a smack. Yeah, I will give you that. Particularly Will. Mm, yeah. Who I just realised, no wait, uh, Mike, I was going to say Mike uh, Mike Wheeler. I, I just want to fucking backhand him he constantly. He might be the worst person in that cast. Yeah. He's very, during season three, like season two brings them all together. and Nail his mum. Can I, oh yeah, uh, can, God damn, looking at season two like a snack. Can I gives you like season two puts them all into their families. Like yeah. L becomes Chief Hopper's yeah. kid, uh, almost Dude, officially. Let's face it, every single person watching this show is watching it for Jim Hopper. That guy yeah. is fucking yeah treasure in this show. The chief is the chief for a yeah. reason. He is. I I spent the entire thing like watching him basically just chew the scenery. Like he's working every angle and yeah. every scene, is, and he's the fucking man for it. Season 3 is very uh, David Harbour heavy. Yeah. And it is fucking great for it. And watching him become a father throughout season 2 and then watching that twist like off between season 2 and 3 he is now paranoid because he's a police chief and the only way he knows to be protective is to be overprotective. Yeah. And that's... Handcuffs and pistols less 
talking yeah. and conversations. To the point where he struggles to have the conversation where he needs to explain, you know, you're growing up now, L, and we have, uh, like, we have an issue here where you have a boyfriend and you guys close the door occasionally and that freaks me out because yeah. you're growing up and I don't like it. But he can't have that conversation because he's a control freak. Yeah. Now, that's kind of understandable. That's an issue a father has, especially when he has a little girl. Like, yeah, and it's already, been, it's already been put through the show that he's lost a daughter already. Yes. He's lost his daughter, Sarah, so it's going to be natural that he's going to be overprotective. Yeah. Bordering on, you know, lockdown status for L half the time. Yeah. And that in that way, it's just fine. And you think, well, that's, that's good. That's his character. That's consistent. The fact that Mike is such a control freak really weirds me out. Yeah. Either something about like a, a young teenage boy being super possessive of his girlfriend that just like really skeeves me out. I don't know yeah, what it is. But obviously I'm well past the whole teenage years. I'm almost in my fucking thirties yeah. for Christ's sake. But <laughs> I do remember people that we used to hang around with. Yeah. Uh, when they got their first girlfriends were super, super fucking uh, obsessive. Yeah. And very kind of controlling towards them. Like they wouldn't even go out with the rest of the group because like, now nah, we're just gonna stay in. You don't want to go out. Oh, I don't want to go out. Well, and I don't want to go out, so I'm not letting you go out Yeah, as that well. kind of bullshit. Yeah, and just watching him, especially when, at, early in the season three, and it's a weird thing, but one of the most dramatic moments is they break up. Mike and Elle break up. Hmm. And Max, who is a girlfriend to Lucas, this guy's I'm really confused. Can you imagine not watching the show and then have us explain what's going on? Yeah. We're going to butcher the fuck out of this. But... Max and L bond, and that's quite nice because during season two they weren't quite bumping heads, but they were never on the same page. Yeah, if you watch, if you go from season one, L's the L's the girl, and she is mm-hmm. the most powerful person in the group, and yeah. people can orbit around her. And you go from one to two, Max gets added in, and she's bossing the other guys around, and L kind of well, hold on, why are you bossing people around? They work; these guys work for me. Yeah. What the hell is this? Then it's nice to see them in season three kind of combine evil yeah. forces and then start their little. Yeah evil schemes against and everybody they get the they get their little gal pal shopping moment to yeah. a montage in a mall and i'm like this is the most 80 shit it is literally yeah. to madonna's material girl yeah. like, this is peak 80s we've done yeah. it the, the show that a, is peak 80s has hit new levels of peak said, 80s at the second tier of uh, peak 80s. it was a padded fucking jacket yeah <laughs> i think anybody at any point would like the ability just to blow up things because there's a scene where l and max are out shopping and one of the girls that's been mean to l yeah sitting drinking a smoothie or something like that. Yeah. And he'll just blow the thing up. In her hand. <laughs> yeah. And she just gets covered in it and everyone just kind of runs away laughing. You know? Well, first of all, that's a creepy use of psychic powers, but it's what we would all do yeah, with psychic powers. I think that's, that's part of the... That's the nice draw of the show. Is she yeah. doesn't use her powers. She uses her powers in really, really cool ways that we'll get to in a minute, but yeah. she also uses it in ways that anybody would do. Like closing the door, picking yeah. up books, answering the phone. Yeah. Just, it's... And this... It's uh, everybody would use them. The, the first couple episodes of the show... You may be forgiven listening to our conversation thinking, why are you guys watching like a rom-com about this weird psychic kid in a town in the 80s in the US? Yeah. Um, this is actually a horror show. Oh, yeah. But those first couple episodes of season three, getting you into the lives of everyone, seeing how happy everyone can be now that the previous trials of the last two seasons have been over and done with, mm. it really sets you into that Hawkins, the town of Hawkins, might actually be a nice place to live now that the door to hell that lives beneath it has yeah. been sealed. Uh, turns out it's not sealed. Enter the fucking Russians, Enter baby. The Russians. Enter the USSR. Yeah. <laughs> and of all the most, the, the peak 80s things. Yeah, it's. The I, Russians get me the most. The Russians, there's a fucking Terminator in there. Oh, well, no, that's going to be his own conversation. Yeah. We're putting that one in the side yeah. for now. I, that is 
we can't stress this enough. This show is peak eighties in every sense of the word, and they hit every beat of the eighties. And this thing is, I don't like the eighties. I think it's people yeah, we say it's we the greatest uh, genre. It's the greatest kind of collection music of all time. I'd say no. It's the best catalogued collection of eighties music of all time. Yeah, because there's some duds in there. There's some stuff your parents didn't play. Yeah, my parents did, and there's some shit in there. <laughs> there's some absolute dog shit tracks from the eighties. But it's been so well curated, you think that everything that came out in the 80s was a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Guarantee you, that's not correct. And Stranger Things is just enough of those like little shitty 80s things in there that remind you that this might actually have happened in the 80s. Yeah. But the uh, the whole thing of the, the, the Russians still wearing World War II uniforms, because the Russians never moved forward, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Have, they found um, one thing that worked and stuck with it. They got their style, you know. Yeah, you, they, yeah. Every now and again, you just get obsessed and people are like, yeah, you, you were in Chinko jeans for like three years after everyone else. Like, yeah, dude, it's my style. The Russians are like that with military uniforms. So they've been uh, building a secret base under the town of Hawkins for the last, I don't know, based on the size of it, the last 50 years. Yeah, it's been there a while. Then they decided, let's build a, a shopping centre on top of it. That'll help hide try things. Yeah. Hide things. Um, and... I actually don't want to try and explain the plot of how people find different bits and pieces because it is kind of dumb and like again peak eighties movie yeah. where the kids just happen to have yeah Uma Thurman's uh, daughter yeah. just happens to crack the code is that who that is yeah because I was watching it and it, she looked hella familiar yeah then my brother ran and said she kind of looks a bit like Uma Thurman so right I'm gonna have to Google it she's got one of the coolest names ever by the way her name is Maya Hawk yeah because she's uh, Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman's daughter. It's a weird couple to have a kid together, but yeah, at the same time... Yeah, she's got the coolest name on the planet. Yeah. Maya Hawk. It paid off in the end. So, it's yeah. It's not Mike Hawk. <laughs> Takes went, me like a, went wrong. <laughs> a half a second there to get what you were going for there. I was yep. like, oh yeah, that old Simpsons joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she is she's great in this season. Again, yeah. you want to talk about introducing a great female character. Max was, it was, Max was deliberately awkward in the group. Because they were trying to point out that if you're the new kid in town or you're trying to make a new friend when you're in uh, primary school or yeah. like early middle school or whatever it is for the US, um, it's hard. It's hard to fit in with a pre-established group and that was a great arc it's, to take someone through. And especially when you're related to the Billy of the show. Yeah. That was another thing because Billy, even in season two, he was a well-known bully. You yeah. know, picking on Steve and stuff in high school then you know, I'm pretty sure he has, takes a couple of shots at the 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 loser it's not the losers club that's what they call them in it and it's annoying because the guy that plays Mike in Stranger Things was also in it, yeah, yeah. season one uh, chapter one I can't they have a they have a name for their gang I just Stranger thought it Th- was the the D and D group or something right, whatever they call them yeah, but like the, the group, group from Stranger, Stranger Things, Things yeah. I'm pretty sure Billy takes a pop at them at one point so it's always hard yeah. for well at one point when he finds to, out that uh, Lucas is dating his his sister and Lucas is black. Yeah, and it, it seems like they're just about to have that conversation yeah. about middle America or war class American eighties, not having the best opinion of the black American community at the time. Yeah. You're like, is he actually gonna scream at the n word at this tiny kid who we actually like? We all love Lucas at that point. Like yeah. he's not really a character that steps out of line or does anything weird or stupid that would piss you off in a way. So I was like, he's, uh, he's be, the most consistent yeah. character. Yeah, he doesn't really go through much of a story arc. Yeah, he's just he's just there and he's just Lucas and you can kind of guarantee that Lucas does the common sense thing in most situations and yeah. that leads to Lucas doing Lucas things. But and even in yeah. season three, he kind of becomes the, the sage of the group. Yeah. Because when Mike's having the trouble with L, Lucas steps in and goes, no, 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 here's what you do. 
You're going to go out and get some cheap shitty jewellery and you're going to give it to her and you're going to see this cheesy bullshit. Here's, here's how we do It's kind of like, here's how we deal with women. And it becomes this weird conversation later on that it gets really kind of funny that the guys sit around having a little bitch session not realising that Elle has used her psychic powers to spy yeah. on them and it comes back to bite them in the ass later on. That's my favourite world moment of the entire season. Because you've got Lucas and Mike off having their girl problems and Will's just going, guys, you want to play D&D? <laughs> <laughs> I set poor, it up. <laughs> poor Will. Like, I, I keep forgetting that Will was almost the victim of Stranger Things season one. Yeah, because he lost quite... He was in the upside down for about six months. He doesn't get yeah. out until the end of the season. Yeah, and you kind of have almost... I don't have sympathy for him for some reason just because I don't like him that much. He yeah. just seems kind of whiny all the time, and yeah, he that's because he's been a horrific victim of yeah. being transported to a demonic dimension outside of her own, uh, that the Russians are trying to tap into and yeah. release all hell again, which obviously scares the shit out of him, because he's been there for six months. Yeah, he was there for a while. But he has this little, he has his own story arc where he's trying to deal with the fact that, as everyone has girl problems, has a girlfriend, uh, is thinking about what happens next when, you know, they want to go to college or whatever. He is stuck with this thing of, I just want to be with my friends and play D&D. Yeah. Uh, he's he's definitely the character that can't really face that everyone's grown up, but mm. I think it works in the show because he's, he was gone for such a length of time. Yeah. And then the upside down, I can only imagine he's seen some amount of horrors and yeah. whatever dragged him in there was probably a, a horrific ordeal. So he just wants to forget all that shit and be normal again. But yeah. again, living in the town of Hawkins, while it may look idyllic, <laughs> he's never going to have that normal D&D basement, you know, yeah. going bike ride type life. So, um... So the Russians have a secret military base that yep. is fucking huge, and they have, they have been... to get around on little Austin Powers go karts. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a, a three point turn scene just for just, just to try and get, just try and get them used to the idea of like it's it's weird that the kids walk through it and like it took us six hours to walk through this. I'm like, wait, you guys were walking down a single corridor for six hours and no one spotted you. No carts went one way or the yeah. other. When this is a busy cameras. military base, yeah. No security cameras, not even like shitty 80s ones. Yeah. Nothing like that. And no Russians just kind of warn about, like, hey, why, no are there, why are there four kids walking through it in like fake sailor suits? Yeah. <laughs> why is that? Why is the little black girl got a helmet with torches on either but side? She of it? never turns off for 24 no, hours, that but somehow me. still have batteries. The, the radio ran out of battery, but the torches stayed on. <laughs> the, and she says that they were down there for 24 hours. Yeah. That's some long ass Duracell motherfucking batteries. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an advert for Duracell. Or the or just the number of batteries she has in yeah. that My Little Pony bag is absurd. Yeah, and I I enjoy those like kind of the sneaking sections, but because it's apparently they spent twenty four hours in a secret Russian base without being detected while the lights were on, like while they've got the headlamps on and yeah. everything, and were never detected, kind of bugs me for some reason. Just some of it, you hear people who are complaining about like um oh I counted the bullets that John Wick fired. And he has a, a 17 like round magazine, but fired 30 bullets out of it. It's total bullshit. For some reason, that those people annoy me. But then I see it in Stranger Things, and I'm like, actually, yeah, this this kind of weird inconsistency of like, it's yeah. because of the heroes they get saved kind of thing yeah. happens. And it bugs me a little bit. But other than that, the, the scenes in the base are weird because they've got their own theme and their own style. Mm. Like, it's all cold, it's all sterile, and it's all... Is very futuristic in a way because hmm. it does look like Austin Powers' evil villain bases. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also like eighties Russian technology, so it does look kind of shitty in a way. Yeah, it looks like old Apple II computers and shit. Yeah, but again, if this show, as we've said, I think about six or seven times already, it's peak eighties. Yeah, 
the hero always gets in and out relatively unscathed mm. again a couple of characters get the shit kicked out of them and drugged so, yeah which we'll get on to in a bit it's always I never really batted Nyla at it because again they're going for that peak 80s aesthetic and in every 80s movie you can think of mm. they always get into the secret base and they get out with literally no trouble yes and they were kids so I mean how many people how many Russian spies are going to look for a group of kids yeah one of which kind of looks a bit like Donald Duck <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time how many like Russian soldiers would you expect to ignore said kids on a military base yeah yeah and it's weird that for some reason, in, obviously it's it's because they're inside the Russian base, they become Russian military. But for some reason, the look of the guys in the outside of the base who are just guarding the secret entrance, which we won't spoil for anyone, um, like those guys look completely different, entirely, almost to look fake American yeah. compared to the Russians inside. And when you realise how many of the Russians are involved in the mall security in general, hmm. those guys are like, wait, how big is this Russian operation? Like, how has no one spotted yeah. this when they're talking in Russian on the walkie-talkies as they walk through the mall? How did nobody in the middle of the 80s, again, talking peak 80s, we're talking peak Cold War, Yeah. how does nobody go, that guy sounds foreign. Yeah. Why is no one stopping him? Why, who let that guy in here? Surely they must have some Americans on staff. So you can imagine they're just going, all right, okay, who have we got in today? All right, you're going to be running the security at this side and... Boris, Alexei, and Sergey, <laughs> you're good American boys. You can go and watch uh, the American Outlet Store because we've, we've heard that a couple of people have been ransacking that place. Mm. Then we'll have Mike, Jeff, and Steve. You can go over this. Side. Can you imagine the idea that there would be like the secret Russian operation, but at the same time, they also have to keep up appearances and run regular mall security? <laughs> like, on one hand, you might be like protecting the motherland, but at the same time, also dealing with child who steals toy. <laughs> Can you imagine the radio phone calls? Sergey, we need you to transport the fuel. I will do it. Da. Da for Spas- the motherland. Spasiva Tovarich. Hang up. <laughs> then he gets another call. She's like, yeah, somebody's been stealing ice cream from the food court. We need you to go and check it out. Da. <laughs> <laughs> that just racks the fucking lock and goes downstairs. <laughs> Which child steal ice cream? <laughs> Boris Sergey, would like what are you doing there? <laughs> what are you doing there, buddy? So you got a gun. He's only, he only stole one scoop. <laughs> he stole a scoop? Calm down, Sergey. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's um. The, the flag starts waving in the background. And mows everybody <laughs> down. He's mowing everybody down. Remember, no ice cream. <laughs> Star court, motherfucker. The uh, the one thing I'll say though, as well as the Russian base, the the Star Court set is amazing. There's something about looking at eighties malls that's just oh, yeah. really weird. If you've been to like American malls, it's a fucking trip, dude. Yeah. They're so like there's the closest mall we have is a Howgate in Falkirk, and that is not even on like half the level yeah. of think, something like an American mall. I think the only two places that are keeping the Howgate shopping centre open is the Falkirk Council one stop shop. Yeah. So people can go in and pay bills and pay council tax and the gym. The exercise for less gym. That's the only two things that are keeping that up. Yeah. It's, yeah, but it's not even on the same level. I think we have a couple of sweet shops, but then you go into... Or even, I've never been to America, but I've been to bigger shopping centres abroad, and it's just, holy shit, this is... We don't have nothing like this back here. Yeah. And there's something about, like, the old 80s, like, the old 80s gap you can see in the background is, like, people are, like, fighting for their lives. You can just see, like, a gap with a flickering light in the background. I'm like, huh, that's the gap. <laughs> I forgot that the gap was a shop oh, for yeah. a while. Um, and they have, like, all this weird, like, old, like, hot dog on a stick. Yeah, that's the least appetising thing I've ever seen. Because when, yeah. they, when they're, they debut the, the Star Court Mall, 
it shows you a kind of fly through the food court in certain shops yeah. as they're going up to the the ice cream shop that's kind of a main set piece in the show that shows you someone making what's it corn dog i think they call it, it is a corn dog yeah yeah they dip that's just a hot dog on a stick in the butter and then they fry it yeah that, how do we, people we, eat that we're scottish we fry everything yeah that still looks disgusting <laughs> yeah it's uh it's but it's again it's peak 80s america yeah. and it's it's interesting to see as well um obviously right now the 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 world is having an issue where amazon owns everything oh yeah and we're like a week away from amazon prime day and we know it's yep. horrible it's unethical they treat the workers like shit I'm still about to go blow about a couple hundred quid on Amazon. Yeah. Because it's a sale. It's a bargain. Yeah. Um, Same shit. But you hear all the, the complaints about the, the high streets dying because of Amazon. Hmm. And at the same time, during Stranger Things, they have the same issue with the mom and pop stores dying because the mall on the high street is coming. Yeah. And it's just funny to see that, like, it's been 30 kind of years. Kind the reverse of our situation. Yeah. Well, it's been 30 years and the problems just shifted. It went from, like small mum and pop stores into the high street and the mall which were big corporations and then all of a sudden there's an even bigger corporation mm. and now we're paranoid about that it's just the, the evolution yeah. of the problem hasn't really we've not fixed anything yeah we've not fixed it we've just shifted it along but uh, yeah I, I found that very interesting and the again we're talking about like uh, the, the cars like the muscle car that Billy has yeah the, the Camaro that Ooh. he has it's, it's a beast yeah I oh. didn't when he crashes and I think it's Episode, episode one episode one when yeah. he crashes his car i wasn't thinking oh i wonder if billy's safe because you're not meant to like billy yeah billy's a heel he's the wrestler bad guy character that you're just yeah. meant to not like uh certain female characters in the show they they want the diddly oh yes <laughs> they want that billy diddly Se- uh, season uh the, the like the episode one preview was and as i say we was talking about the first couple 90 minutes i'd say the first 90 minutes with hawkins with the exception of billy's car crash and what happens afterwards yeah. is idyllic and Billy being like the bad boy going around trying to get the MILF action going yeah. on because uh, there's some MILFs out there I want them some bad boy oh yeah and they are want, they're gagging for the day yeah. it's brilliant I, I, Mrs. I Wheeler it. was thirsty as fuck thirsty <laughs> AF and, I'm uh, just, to, just to finish off my point you're not meant to like Billy but when his car crashes I wasn't bothered about him I was like dude that Camaro is sweet you better get that shit fixed mm. still working though still working yeah. apparently Um, so Billy crashes and it's because of People basically being psychically drawn, or rats are getting psychically drawn mm. towards a tendril of the flare that was uh, released in season two. Um, yeah, yeah, because uh, the the flare from season two lodged itself into Will and mm. tried to escape back to the other world or the upside down, but was accidentally just kind of unleashed on the world and hid in a little corner, waiting to kind of get back while the when L sealed the gate. Mm. And it has been building up a force, and it does so in the creepiest fucking way possible of just bringing hordes of rats into a little mechanic shop where its essence, I guess, is hiding. Yeah. Uh, well, the way the way they build it up is that the mind flare isn't really a physical being; it's just evil nastiness. We'll mm. probably find out what the proper thing is in season four, mm. maybe beyond. Although I kind of hope they don't tell us what it is. Yeah. I, can, I like the idea of it just being an evil, no. like omnipotent entity that just hangs around the background and tries to influence things yes but uh, the gate is opening and the the mind flare is coming out and it like I said it takes over Will that, and it gets exercised from Will now this thing just it escaped and never made it back to its own realm so it's just trying to amass a force mm. and it's psychic linked to a couple of people although it uses yeah. Billy as a kind of emissary yeah. it starts with rats so it yeah. builds up a bit of mass so it exists as an essence 
gathers rats because the rats are weak-willed. So it's just yeah. it's a simple creature. You take it over, you gather them together, you form a body by melting them in a way. Yeah. Like, just, they microwave themselves somehow. Yeah. It was creepy as all hell. And when you watch it happen, like, it happens to the first couple of rats, and you're like, oh, wow, that's really... Oh, and it gets worse and worse and worse, and yeah. they show more rats just kind of popping off in yeah. this weird basement. And then you just kind of form together into what becomes the Mind Flayer's Some body. Some kind of big meat vault drop. Yeah. Which you never really see, which is good. Because one thing yeah. that this, this show does really well is the horror in this has changed into this weird, not quite zombie apocalypse type thing, but there's a weird kind of zombie-esque, but also at the same time very, um, I was going to say, like Cthulhu, uh, kind of crafty and horror, mm. where it's about the unknown. Like what you say, the, if we never find out what the Mind Flayer really is, yeah. that'd be great. Because then it just becomes this other thing in another realm, just kind of waiting yeah, just for humanity this, to crack you know, figure out, and it can just slip in yeah, and this, fuck everything over. It becomes this eldritch horror that we, it has no proper shape or form, but we know it's there, we've seen yeah. a form of it. Yeah. And uh, once it starts to take forms, it actually abducts Billy after his car crash. Like it, it, He looks for help and goes into the Steel Forge and goes to try and find somewhere to try and help him out, and he goes... Well, I'll go down these stairs, which we've just seen the horde of rats pour through, and you're like, "Oh no, Billy, yeah. don't go down there! Don't no, go uh, down there, Billy!" Isn't it that he he crashes the car, mm. and then he's he's wandering about. He tries to go back into the car. He gets ripped out of the car. Oh. Then he gets dragged down below. He's getting he's getting dragged down against as well because I, I remember one walked... scene when he's grabbing onto the top of the staircase. Yeah, actually, and he just yeah, gets you're right. Because there's a moment of like he might just make. Oh no! Yeah, because <laughs> he's, he's going all right. We don't. Billy's a dick, but he's just you want him. Yeah. You know what's you know what's coming for. He him. could be redeemable. Yeah, he could be redeemable. Yeah, and he kind of is. Yeah, but uh, you want him, you don't want him you don't want him to be attacked by the mind flayer. You want to see him get his ass kicked. Yeah, like get him punched in the jaw or something. But you don't want to see him get he taken over with a by lesson. some horror. Yeah, yeah. He could do with a lesson. Maybe not this lesson. Yeah, maybe um, not that harsh a lesson. So uh, we're basically left with Billy being in the the control of the mind flayer episode one, and then episode two comes back, and we see uh, like mind flayed Billy. Trying to like survive, I guess, trying to figure out how to yeah. be air quotes normal. Yeah, um, the, the hangover scene, as I call it. Yeah, because he's just the lights beating down on him. He's trying to hide underneath the parasol. And... Yeah, he's basically just his mind shredded to pieces and tries to recreate, in effect, the the initial reveal of Billy for season three, which is him shirtless going to his lifeguard position, never being like, "God damn." Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's it's the the retake of it is him just being like, "Oh God, I want to die." I yeah. Can't, Cap on, sunglasses t-shirt visibly shivering pale yeah. like way paler than he was before it's a really good like kind of recut of what they did for the episode one yeah because in episode one you're like god damn the man's an adonis and then episode two you're like that man's a shivering wreck yeah that guy is coming off something he's, he's getting withdrawals and uh the 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 gradual twisting of like him becoming more and more possessed by the mind flare as he basically starts human sacrificing people towards yeah. this new uh, eldritch god yeah he starts he basically goes the full pied piper and just starts bringing people in yeah successfully because within a couple of episodes he gets a shit ton of people I think it's episode 4 they have the reveal that for me was really cool was the mind flare now has a, a decently sized physical body it's about the size of a gorilla I guess yeah. maybe a bit taller but then it shows you all these people who have now now obedient and flayed mm and want to uh, be part of, or who are going to work for the Mind Flayer. And there's like a room of like 30 people, including like a couple of cops, there's like, ba- like a postman or whatever. Yeah, and... there's a postman, there's the editor of the newspaper, there's yeah. a, in fact there's a few newspaper editors, there's yeah. a, the, one of his uh, co-workers' parents have all been dragged in there. He's yeah. just, he's a master, fucking force. And you look at it and you go, 
oh, this is how fucked the kids are in this season. Yeah. Like the town is the town has been turned against them. Yeah. In a weird way, and it's uh, it's very effective, especially like the way it's all shot, where it's all just above everyone's head, and it keeps pulling back and back and back with this really yeah. dark room, but there's just enough light to see the faces and like a couple of identities yeah. of people. That, I know that guy. Like I've seen him in the background of another yeah. shot from earlier in the show. He's against him. Like he was huge. <laughs> yeah. Then you just see the. For me, it was seeing the old woman. Like, oh, that's the old woman that was trying to help Nancy. Oh fuck. Oh She's gone. no. <laughs> she gone. She melted. Um, it did take me longer than I care to admit to figure out what they were doing with the the chemicals and the fertilizers and stuff. Yeah, I think it was to do with the fact that the mind flare couldn't really absorb bone, so it was just trying to liquefy bodies. I think because yeah. there was a point when it, it went through the sort of storm drain and it, and it left, some, bo- bone, left yeah. some bones. I don't know, but apart from that, it doesn't really tell you what is making them eat chemicals and shit for. I assumed because it was all nitrogen-based things, it was all fertilizer, which is the key component there is the nitrogen, it's mm. got a couple of extra minerals and stuff, it was just sustenance. It was the yeah. building blocks that you could use to make meat or bodies or tissues like amino acids that become DNA, that become proteins, yeah. that become meat, effectively. That would be what it was worth trying to work on, trying to build up using raw materials. Because yeah. you say, it can't break down a bone because it's yeah. very hard to break down bone chemically. So what we'd be doing was we'd be just taking raw materials and bits and pieces like nitrogen mm. uh, and just infusing that into its complex carbohydrates and becoming proteins and just reshifting yeah. itself. Because it is a weird mastery of the physical world. That's the, all of the creatures are the upside down, including in a way L, have a mastery over um, like the world that we basically interact with physically. Mm. We interact with things in a very basic level, whereas creatures from the upside down and L have this weird thing. Like L makes... Uh, all of Dustin's toys move, even though they're not supposed to function like that. Yeah. Like, she makes a train walk along behind, like, a walking doll. Like, she's actually lighting stuff up. Like, she can control the electronics in it. And Elle's evolution of her powers in the season become a lot more... Um, it's a lot more about the mastery. It's not about raw power in certain places. It's about understanding the mechanics. Like, she's figuring it out. But she has uh, developed more of a uh, like it's more of like a scalpel approach than the sledgehammer yeah. and I think that that's what uh, the, the mind flayers try to do when it's like making them consume amino acids and whatever, or mm. making consume uh, uh, fertilizers and chemicals and stuff it's just figuring out how to interact with the world in a way All right. that was my theory on it anyway but again it could be just it has a weird diet yeah I always assumed that maybe that was what it needed to survive maybe we are uh, we are more carbon based maybe it's nitrogen based maybe it needs something like that to survive Mm. Or maybe that's just it couldn't uh, process. It couldn't process bone or what have you. But yeah. I, I did like the point that you made there about L coming to grips with her powers mm-hmm. and beca- getting a more precise yeah. uh, use of her power. Because in the first one, all she could really do was basic force push and pull type shit. Yeah. Now she's able to do much more complex things. She can lift heavier things. I like the fact that she's she was coming to grips with her powers in this season. Yeah, and I've the way that. The upside down creatures seem to influence people as well. Like the as well, like human skepticism of like pre existing conditions. Like we talk about there's an old woman who helps out Nancy. She's trying to investigate or she wants them to investigate this rat that appeared that looks like one of the rats that was affected in episode one. Mm. And it came in and ate all of her fertilizer. And everyone was like, Wait, why did it happen? Like, why did that happen? What's going on here? And everyone else was like, Ah, she's nuts and they yeah. never explained that she is actually a known paranoid schizophrenic. But because the the guy's attitude in the writers' room for the the local paper is, ah, she's just nuts. Nobody explains. No, this woman is known to be mentally ill. We take I everything th- she says yeah. with a grain of salt. I genuinely thought 
because at the point where the editor says she's a partner schizophrenic, he's flayed. Mm. I always thought it was the mind flare just trying to push them off the scent. Yeah, maybe I, she had something. But I, I, was, I always just assumed because the mind flare is an intelligent creature. It knows yeah. what it's doing. It has a grand plan. So I assumed that when it it was influencing all the, the denizens of uh, Hawkins, in particular the, the editor of this newspaper, the Hawkins Post at the time, mm. he was just saying, no, these people are getting a touch too close to my grand plan here. Feed them some bullshit, fire them. Keep yeah. acting like you and get them off my trail. Yeah. But I mean, either way, it works. It's still it's still good for that that part of the story. Yeah, I I, I think that the uh, that the mysteries of this show are probably the best part because it is throwing you one way and then another way, yeah. and then leaving you with this kind of weird question of like, are the kids aware of how how deep this really goes? Yeah, and in a way, you start to wonder like, do the Russians know what's going to happen? Because yeah. they're trying to open the gate to basically hell. Yeah, I think the Russians' main aim is just they want shit to win a potential war mm. they're just looking for weapons whereas the original because there's the group that uh, Owens was working with, you see him at the end of the show because uh, that's who Hopper and fuck, Winona Ryder's character Mrs. Byers what's her name? Uh, I just know her as Mrs. Byers yeah, Mrs. Byers yeah. uh, when they're on the phone saying oh, this is a antique chariot yeah, uh, call your guys in. The guy that shows up, that guy's name is Doctor Owens. He's part of the original organization that created the numbered children. Yeah, at eleven. What did they? What was their purpose? And yeah. then you've got the Russians. I think they just want power. But I think we're going to see more organizations like that show up because I think we've still not seen the full list of organizations of people that, that would are be interested, interested in this Hellgate yeah. or this upside yeah. down gate, whatever it's called. Yeah, there's a lot of times I look at it and go, I don't think you people know what you're messing with. Yeah, and that is my favourite part of the show. People yeah. have seen something that looks powerful and they've seen these weird demogorgons and demodogs and yeah. we've seen the mind flare physically and they thought, oh, that could be powerful. And in 1980s America... Yeah. There's, there's people, a war to win against the Russians and the yeah. Ruskies will do anything to win it. Exactly. As we now know they will. I mean, forget the nuclear arms race. Why don't we get the supernatural arms race yeah. and let's get some weapons out of there? And that is, I think, an aspect to the show that is only going to grow... And become much more interesting as the yeah. shows develop because we're getting a season four. Yeah, I think because I, I always thought they were doing seasons one, two, and three, and that was it. Mm. But th- there is talks of a season four. Right. This is uh, we'll dive more towards the ending of the the show, but I wasn't sure if if this ends with season three, I'd be happy because of the way it all wraps up and how different characters yeah. are just kind of set on their way to just continue life, and maybe they never do anything with this again. Maybe mm. we never have an issue with the Upside Down. Maybe nobody ever tries it again. Maybe they realise what was going on yeah. or the US shuts it down completely, like, realising, oh, shit, we just had, like, half a time be annihilated or yeah. be almost annihilated by this weird roving monster. Maybe it's not worth trying to poke and prod at this thing. Mm. Um, Although the post-credit scene leads me to think there's going to be there's gonna be more. Yeah, that post-credit scene does, like, in terms of... Uh, I, I We just watched Iron Man 1, and I just watched the post-credit scene of that, and you're watching uh, history in the making as you realise yeah. this begins 11 years of Marvel dominance in yeah. cinemas. And then watching that post-credit scene, I'm thinking, yeah, we're doing more of this. We're doing yeah. a season four or five, and it might not involve the original cast of Stranger Things because those kids are ageing now. Yeah, they're, they're growing uh, up. Dustin's voice, uh, Dustin's actor has, like, actual cheekbones now. I don't know if you never noticed that in season one, like he's a total fucking mushy faced baby. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he comes in in season four and he's got like a, a slightly more angular jaw yeah. and he's got like raised uh, like cheekbones and stuff. You're like, 
I did notice oh, that. Oh shit, puberty just started hitting you. I did notice that about uh, Lucas. The guy's he's jacked. Like, he's, he's got definition, he's got shoulders, he's yeah. getting guns and shit. Fucking hell. It's all and shredded it, and stuff. And you're like, dude, what? And, uh, you're a kid. Yeah, you're a child. And Will's voice broke mid season for me. Because <laughs> he had he had the, the bit of the baby voice, and all of a sudden he's like, guys, guys, what we do? Your voice broke, and they didn't they didn't change it. They just let it ride. <laughs> they didn't pitch shift it around. <laughs> Which I guess is good. I mean, the, yeah. the show about growing up should at some point feature them growing up a little yeah. bit and I think that's what they're going to continue to do with the show I don't think we're going to get a Stranger Things season every year I think it's going to be every two to three years just to give them an opportunity to age up and that's part of the part of the draw of a show like this is you can have as many seasons as you want with the same cast but you just age them up in between seasons Yeah, and it doesn't feel or, like oh you're getting a 22 year old to play a 15 year old like they are in Spider-Man yeah. it's you've got a 16 year old to play a 16 year old yeah so I, th- I think we do end up somehow with a Stranger Things, not quite cinematic universe, I guess Stranger Things Netflix universe yeah. would be closer to the truth, but I I, th- I think that when you look at the quality of the show, the the action scenes are really good, oh, yeah. which is they're a big step up for them. Like the last couple of seasons, it's been very character drama based, and the character drama is still mm. there. It's still uh, great to watch some of the characters develop and watching like Chief Hopper go through his struggles yeah. of being a parent and then realising he will do anything to protect Elle. Yeah. and uh, realising like why he'll do that and like putting everything on paper and just expo- like him realising what he would do instinctively is a good thing for him and like watching him go through the adventure and coming at a, a better passion way is um is a huge kind of uh, deal like is the character drama and development on the show is great yeah. so I uh, the I guess the last things I mean other than, I mean the horror is great when it gets Lovecraftian right. it's great um when it's about just like kids trying to run away from the bad guys like the scene of them trying to escape the russians actually we were to talk about this was uh, when they're when they're high as shit on the truth serum yeah i was done with that 20 seconds into it one yeah. thing i hate in any form of television movies video games is i hate high scenes it's like stoner comedy yeah, like it's, i mean i'm all for stoner yeah. comedy but it's just when they've got the high scene and it's just oh look the roof and the pretty colors and Although I will say, up. see, see when they were doing that weird kind of slightly kaleidoscope drifting effect on the roof, I was like, that is actually very beautiful. It's I also eighties as fuck because there's a blue grid in the corner that was going to, <laughs> you're going to see Decepticons running across that, and then yeah. Autobots having a big fight. Uh, yeah, was, and you want to talk about peak eighties? They run into the cinema and watch Back to the Future. Yeah, and uh, Day of the Dead. Yeah, there's lots of weird things there. Like you really are going to date the shit out of this movie, or yeah. really date the shit out of this uh, thing with movie references. Uh, my favourite of which being the Terminator. Yeah. Now you mentioned this earlier that there was a Russian guard and I told Stephen, he started watching it, he's next to my brother. Yeah. Uh, I said, look Stephen, you need to see this because they've introduced a Russian uh, heavy guy and he is basically the Terminator and at one point they call it out and it becomes the funniest fucking thing on the show. Yeah. Where you realise that they're being chased by as close to the, the Terminator as they can legally right. get without repercussions to the point where somebody calls him Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And you're like, they even yeah. play a kind of a cheap soundy likey version of the Terminator theme tune at some point <laughs> well, at one point he's standing I think he's either at the mall or he's at the gate at the back of the mall and he's just doing a sort of head pan left and right they play a sort of cheap sound like version of the Terminator <laughs> I was watching it in a I remember I was watching it with my older brother and he randomly pointed out that motherfucker has to be Schwarzenegger stunt double or something because it looks just enough like him to evoke Terminator but yeah you can tell that they, they don't really focus on them for too long. But yeah, that was probably one of my favourite parts. Just having the, the Russian Terminator pop up yeah. there. And... 
I I I think one of the things about the show is that the that the comedy is just there enough to make it worth it. Mm. Like when the ki- nobody in the show is really smart, and I like that. Yeah. Like nobody knows everything. Yeah, everyone's just yeah. going on what they can see and thoughts that they have. No one knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. As as concerned the upside yeah. down or yeah. like Eleven Mrs. or anything. Like, like Mrs. Byers is a housewife in the eighties. She doesn't know how magnets work. Because nobody knows how magnets work. Yeah. That's why the insane client posse wrote that genius lyric. Yep. So when she needs to figure out what's going on, why all of her magnets stop working and now will never work, she has to go to the only smart person she can think of, the only like scientifically gifted person she can think of, which is the high school like science teacher. Yeah. Who honestly I'm not gonna lie, that dude fucks kids. I don't know what it is, but for some reason <laughs> that guy should not be in a school. He is a fucking child molester. <laughs> no, you know who's a fucking child molester? You remember when Robin and Steve are getting interrogated by the Russians? Yeah. The guy that comes in with the leather apron. The doctor. Yeah, that guy sniffs bike seats. That guy, <laughs> that guy fucks beanbags. He's not right. There's something wrong with that boy. Not good. He did also remind me of... You remember in Toy Story 2 when uh, Woody gets bought by Big Al? Yeah. And he's, his arm's been ripped and he's all... And the guy who comes in to fix yeah. him, yeah. That guy, spitting image of the weird arse raper doctor from... <laughs> I think that's that's him in the 80s. In the 80s, he's a Russian scientist yeah, working then, on an evil project. He disappears, escapes, tries to avoid the Kremlin and becomes a toy repair artist, yeah. I guess. In the early 2000s. Toys. Yeah, it's all part of the larger cinematic universe that we don't yeah. understand yet. Yeah. We'll, we'll see it eventually. We'll, the pieces will start coming together. Yeah. Like Woody's arm. <laughs> well, I, talking about yeah. uh, sort of peak 80s, this show is set in 1985. Yeah. Next season will realistically be set, you know, end of the 80s, start of the 90s. So we have another so many years of 1990s Stranger Things with 90s bullshit oh god that we'll be able to relate to but people that are watching now they're just going you remember the 90s nope no one wants to remember the 90s <laughs> I uh I think it's time we talk about the the two elephants when we're hitting 50 minutes on this podcast okay just about Stranger Things and well all the show has been fantastic as we said earlier stealing the show every time he shows up Chief Hopper yep uh, How does Stranger Things progress to other couple seasons with Chief Hopper being dead? I right, this is this is my thoughts on it. I think I don't think he's dead. They never show him You never see a body. You never see a body, you never see him, you know, getting shot or getting thrown into the or caught by the explosion or anything. You don't see him die. Mm. You don't hear anything from him. So I don't think he's dead. Right. Interesting. because that's the problem is I now I now have like the layers of cynicism overlap each other to the point where if he's not dead it's going to be bullshit but at the same time I don't think Stranger Things it would do that type of bullshit but it also would for a different reason like there'd be yeah. a twist on the regular bullshit of a character surviving something that they have no right to mm. um, I think I'm looking at it like in a weird like almost too meta level yeah. uh, to understand what's really going on here and I do think that there would be a, a way of him surviving but at the same time I kind of don't I don't want him to be like I think his yeah his death is is more of a gut punch and yeah. particularly the ending with yeah. L and the note is much more poignant if Hopper actually is dead yeah. fair enough we'll be losing one of the best characters in the, the show's past 10 history years. Yeah. Like, if, if past, past 10 years worth of creation of characters yeah Jim Hopper's probably out there it would be a shame to lose him but at the same time for the show it helps a lot because it grows L yeah, makes her grow up a bit, and it 
probably force the rest of the cast to grow up a bit as well. Yeah. So it, it would be a it would be a shame if we don't get to see him again. But at the same time, I would completely understand. Yeah, I'm. I pre- I would prefer we don't. But if and I'm hoping they don't, because I think Stranger Things is like the people making that show are smart enough to realize mm. if we bring him back, it's hacky as fuck. Mm. No one's going to be like, yeah, they brought back the character that was definitely dead in a nuclear explosion. Uh, because he like hid in a fridge or some shit. Like, don't <laughs> no, don't Indiana gonna, Jones. Yes, this. please don't Indiana Jones. This. <laughs> so no one watching this show wants to be reminded of the Crystal Skull. I unless it's Crystal Skull, Crystal Skull vodka with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, true. <laughs> that guy is not right. Someone he's, needs to check up on Dan Aykroyd. He's not well. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a well man. <laughs> I heard somebody talking about it like, oh, he's so great, and I'm like, no, you guys haven't seen what I've seen about Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> you haven't watched him in the 2000s, have you? <laughs> <laughs> he's a little bit crazy. Um, so we. With him being, if he's gone, that was the greatest way they could have sent him off with him. We're seeing him, air quotes, die because we didn't see a body. Although, I think when you're standing right next to it and you're not wearing any protective suits or yeah. whatever, I'm, I'm assuming he was evaporated. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. And I'm really hoping they don't pull some bullshit like, well, when they evaporated him, he disappeared through the uh, the hole in the, the, the wall to become yeah. part of the Upside Down and his body will come back out and... He'll be yeah. part Mind Flayer, part Jim Hopper, or whatever, and you're like... Oh, no, that would be, be even worse. If they brought him back and yeah. he was the villain, Yeah, I think the Duffer brothers would be crucified. Mm, I think you could have a certain level where it's the Mind Flayer using his essence and using his body yeah. to fuck with L, because L is the biggest threat to the Mind Flayer on the planet. Yeah. So I think if you could do that, that would be the... That's how they're going to do it, if they're going to do it. Yeah, I just hope they are smart enough to not do it. So... How does Stranger Things survive without Jim Hopper? I don't know if they do. I don't want yeah. it to try and bring him back through some bullshit, but I think if they're going to try and bring it back, the show has to come back on L shoulders. And I think, Mil- uh, was it Billy? Millie? Millie, Bob- Bobby Millie Brown. Yeah. Millie most Bobby Brown. English <laughs> actress in the planet with the most redneck name. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown, you get down here. <laughs> hey, Millie. <laughs> hey, Millie. <laughs> I... If it comes back on her shoulders, I, I first of all I think it's a bad idea because it's a bad idea to do that to such a young child actor who is so good. She yeah. is very talented. Fantastic. She's gonna be a force to be reckoned with in like ten I years time. Say this without like any fear of contradiction, but I genuinely think she's gonna get Sigourney Weaver level. Yeah. I think she's gonna be the next big horror actress. I just hope that we are smart enough as a culture in a way that we don't try and put a show on the back of a child actor. I genuinely think the next, uh, the next part of the show, is probably going to be more uh, Nancy and Jonathan based. To be honest, yeah, I can I can see them stepping up for a bit because Nancy had a big part in this show. Nancy was great this season. I I spent an entire season waiting for Jonathan to die to defend Nancy. I yeah. don't know about you, but I I watched I, their entire arc. I was like, Nancy matters. John does not. Yeah, Jonathan's taking a hell of a backseat. And first first season, he was out to find Will. He had a purpose. Yeah. Uh, season two, I don't really remember Jonathan having much of a story. Nah. Uh, yeah. He season three, he's there as I. I assumed he was there to take the bullet for Nancy. Yeah. Especially two, against Jack Busey, Gary Busey's uh, son. Yeah. That, Jake Busey. Uh, Jake Busey. Sorry. Jake Busey. Yeah. That face is genetic. How yeah. unfortunate is that? I was watching this with with my brother, and he said, "Jake Busey, that name sounds familiar." And he said, "That's Gary Busey's kid." And he went. I don't think I know what he looks like. I went, you'll see. <laughs> it then, looks like him plus 20 years of cocaine. <laughs> I mean, all I, all I said to him was, you know what Gary Busey looks like? You know, yeah. That's what Jake Busey looks like. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> exactly the same. And we were watching it. It gets to the bit where Nancy's bringing the coffees in. 
And he went, right, so which one's Jake Busey? And he went, no, wait, never mind. That's no, it. I got it. I, <laughs> I got, got it. it. I it's, got it. It's the one that accidentally just pulled his top left up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how, how do you have a normal conversation like this? It's yeah. really, really easy. Haunting looking dude, man. It just, it sticks out like a sore thumb. And you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. But when, at the same time, because uh, Jake Busey is part of the Mind Flayers congregation, when it hap- when he is revealed to be flayed and they have a, a fight scene, it's horrifying. Because again, that's where I was expecting Jonathan to take the bullet. Mm. And at one point, he gets hit with a steel-like surgical chair. Yeah. Holy fuck. That hit. Yeah. That was edited perfectly. I saw that I was like, oh! Like, I immediately just kind of like, holy shit, he just actually took that hit. Yeah. Obviously, he would never have hit like a, an actor like that. That would be a, a stunt double and a, that would be well edited to be more impactful than it was. But see, when you see that hit thing, or that scene, it looks like he got hit with a fucking chair. Yeah. And it was amazing. That, the follow-up from that scene is him crawling because he's been hitting the base of the spine with a steel chair. Yeah. Uh, it's him crawling. I thought, did they just fucking paralyse him? Because <laughs> I've been kneed in the back before during a game of rugby and I felt like I was shot. So yeah. I, was, I can only imagine what it would be like to get hit with a steel chair yeah. to that. And I thought, that's the end of Jonathan. Yeah. That's where Jonathan's going to go. Uh, but if you want to talk about horror, I that reminds me the entire like run-through of the, the, the hospital scene for uh, Jonathan and Nancy reminds me a lot of uh, the original like Halloween 2 the run through with Michael Myers where it's like oh everything's fine he's in a hospital what could possibly go wrong yeah. oh everyone fucking dies and you didn't notice it because you were dealing with your own thing in the corner here and just the the reveal of like realising how far these two how far the flayed one or the mind flare will go um, to actually make its dreams happen yeah. is like it's terrifying and you have it embodied by these two um, like they they are the the big alpha eighties males. Like they're a little bit misogynistic. They're like the bosses and bullies of the workplace. Yeah. Um, they are what you are worried Billy will grow up to be in that environment. And having them like thrash around these little kids, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, this is how powerful the mind flare will be. Yeah, because it's effortlessly when uh, I think it's the the editor's name is Tom. Yeah, uh, picks up Jonathan effortlessly. Yeah. with one hand and just chucks him. Yeah. And Billy does the same thing in a, a later episode, picks up, I think it's L. Yeah. Again, one hand. I get I get that Ellie wouldn't be you know, physically huge, but still, he yeah. keeps him up there with literally no effort, no effort expelled. Mm. And I did like a little uh, sort of continuity thing. Yeah. They always did a little red mark on uh, L's neck. Right. It never really properly healed. And it was a nice little continuity thing for me because I like it when they do that. I hate it when they show characters that take damage, then two scenes later, they're clean. Right. So I liked what they did with Steve. Even you know, three months later, I still had a couple of the scars, and there was yeah. a little bit of the dark, uh, the bruising underneath. Yeah, Although I like if, it when they do shit like that. If we're gonna talk about injuries, I need to talk about uh, and the the start of the battle for Starcourt Mall, which is episode eight. Um, we realise that L has a, a parasite in her. It's mm. part of the mind flare, and it's it's in it got in through a cut in the leg. Uh, when she was bit in the leg in the previous episode. Yeah, the mind flare sent one of the tendrils to try and draw yeah. her in. And there's a little worm wriggling about in there. The scene where it, it starts off so smart because you have uh, Jonathan actually being useful yeah. for a change where he's like, no, stop trying to like, stop trying to do stuff with it. I am going to like do a little bit of first aid yeah. to try and remove the parasite that's affecting L. Um, I watched it and I was like, okay, cool, we're going to see him. And he like gets a knife, sterilizes it through the flame and stuff. And I'm like, all right, awesome. We're going to see like Jonathan be useful and smart and you know actually prove his worth as a character. He cuts away from where the, the, the parasite is and then starts trying to dig it in under the shin muscle. 
to get to the worm. That scene made me, like, really uncomfortable because, like, it's just else. They're basically just torturing a character. Yeah. And I know, like, I just talked about how it's, it's cool that every character in the scene is stupid because there's no Google. You can't just Google shit on your yeah. phone to fix the problem. Um, but at the same time, like, the lack of common sense and in a scene where you're doing surgery on a child is really fucked up. I don't know what it was, just something about that. That scene just, like, made me really uncomfortable with the show, the way that they were, like, like slicing open a leg, okay, small surgical cut, and then all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to try and, like, get my hand in your shin and, like, pull out this evil monster. I'm like, are we not just going to, like, slice closer to where it is and then squeeze it out, I guess? It's a fucking worm. It's a parasite. It's a leech-type creature. Slice it open and, like, squidge it out like toothpaste. Yeah. Like, just that scene in general, like, I'm like, that played for way too long. Yeah. It's like a solid 60 seconds of just looking at Elle's face and, love Elle. She's adorable. And then all of a sudden you're, like, making her scream as we, like, try and shove her hand in a wound we made to try and help her. I'm like, oh, no, what are you... Mm, That was just a weird shot. I didn't like it at all. It just made me really uncomfortable. Um, Speaking of Elle, though, Elle has a fucking body count in this episode. Oh, yeah. When she... There's a bit when they're in the Starcourt Mall in the final couple episodes where she picks... There's a car... Mm. in the middle of the, the, the shopping centre because apparently in the 80s people were just enthused by winning cars people were just no really they still do that yeah. in the US they still do that I yeah. saw a Ferrari in a, a mall in North Carolina once oh, so. Appa- like, in America okay. people would just like to win cars I mean who wouldn't like to win free shit but uh, to break into the mall there's uh, flayed ones and shit everywhere L just picks up this car and fucking launches it oh they're just Russians and kills three people oh they, they were just Russians is, if they were flayed if they were flayed people you'd be like okay they're flayed people yeah. they're they're they're, par- they're affected by the parasite that is the, the mind flare um, those are just Russians doing their job yeah, and so she kills four of them instantly with yeah, crushing them with a car just hucks a car at them and it was, a, it was cool yet again to see the evolution of the character where she realises she just can't you know do some little psychic trickery to kill things she's gonna have to start killing people I'm gonna just body people with a car yeah or just beat them to death with and a, it was when you see it, you're like oh shit <laughs> it's a great oh shit moment and yeah. it's a reminder that Elle is a child but is still the most powerful person in this world and why she's been playing with kitty gloves on for a yeah. long time it's kind of it's, it's almost a Captain Marvel scene where she's like oh I've been fighting with one hand tied behind my back this entire time yeah. I can do this this type of shit yeah it, it, it works was, for the works for the show. Yeah, and uh, the other elephant in the room is the death of Billy. Yeah, but he I gets think... his little bit of sanity back. He recovers himself just enough through uh, L going into his vision and bringing back a little like thread of humanity, and he yeah. unravels the rest of the mind flayer's control from there. Um, and then from there you have him making the last stand. Yeah, with the last like he now has control of his body. He would stand up against Mind Flare. Although, can you imagine if he was never aware? Like, if when Mind Flare takes over, your consciousness gets shoved to the side. Yeah, you get pushed into like You're a little box. You can't see. You can't hear. You can't. You just when you appear back, when L drags you back through your mind, gives you back into the body, and you just wake up in effect, looking at a like twenty foot monster <laughs> with tendrils everywhere that's made out of meat that you think you can see your friend from high school's face as like part of the shoulder or whatever and all of a sudden it's hey, just screaming there's at that you. chick Heather that I worked with. Wait, why is it oh shit. Oh shit. Like you wake up into yeah. absolute fucking carnage and chaos. <laughs> can you imagine being Billy in that yeah. moment? I would have just fucking lost it and just bang, gun the head. <laughs> I think that was uh, Billy's sort of final redemption. Because he yeah. realised he's basically killed 50 to 60 people from the town maybe more yeah. to give the mind flare his body but is that the flare is that him so yeah. well, I think more to do with uh, I still think that yeah. the f- he was present but the flare was just kind of 
tapping and just going, no, 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 you do this, you work yeah, for me. That which kind is of puppeteering thing. I, I wonder if he was given a, like we're talking about, like what his perspective would be. Like, was he shot in a little box in the back of his mind? Did he not see or hear anything? Or was he along for the ride? Like, was he there? Like, was he in the passenger seat? If this, if the mind flayer's driving the car, was Billy in the passenger seat or in the back seat watching it all happen? Because if that was the case, holy fuck, Billy has seen some shit. I like to think that it would be, it would be that because the mind flayer needs needs them to meld in. Yeah. So he'll be in the passenger seat. The mind flayer's in control. Yeah. But I still think he'd be present for all the atrocities and shit that he'd yeah. see. Because I mean, the the there's a great scene talking about like horror uh, of the the flayed giving their bodies to the mind flare. Yeah. That's like, whoa. Yeah, the, the <laughs> conveyor belt of people just coming in. And actually, just uh, on the subject of that, yeah, talking about the mind flare taking control, I think it is more of a case of they're the passenger mm. because the bit where he's looking for chemicals in the swimming pool, so a uh, utility cover, mm. and Mrs. Wheeler comes up and says, I'm sorry, I didn't come meet you. Yeah. The, the flare jumps in for a second and says, just fucking hit her head off the... Yeah. the bunker and get out of here yeah and then he wakes back up and he's Billy's in control again that didn't happen Mrs. Mm. Willis just standing behind him going are you going to talk to me or not and then yeah. he just goes I need to get out of here yeah so I kind of think he was present yeah but the mind flare is just going no I'm taking control of this but yeah you so, work for me now boy so during the uh, the last battle for the Starcourt Mall uh, Billy does actually give his life and like he's holding back tendrils to try and stop him from getting yeah. to L. Um, and it's a great redemption of him. It's a last moment. It kind of it's it might not be enough to fix all the things he's done in his yeah. life, um, regardless of what percentage of control he had during the mind flaying. I I think it does give him that last little kind of uh, good guy action to send him off. With, I mean, he's a great character, mm. shitty person, great character. Um, so I think that sends him off in a positive light. What I found really fucked up though is that he is Max's older brother. Mm-hmm. And Max is left alone pretty much at the end of the season. Like, everyone, the, the end kind of montage of everyone leaving, like, the the buyers go away. Yeah. Uh, Nancy, does Nancy go with them? I don't think so. I Nancy, think Nancy and Jonathan, they do their own thing. I think they've split up or they're they're going to be working no. long distance or whatever. Or something no, like Nancy that. stays in Hawkins. Because at the end, yeah. the end shot, it's Lucas, Max, Mike, and mm. Nancy all just kind of standing while they wave everybody else away. Yeah. And I, I realized that like as the like Max is really alone yeah, at the end her, of the show. Her dad died. Yeah, like, her dad's not in the picture. Her the shot of her like on her bed like kind of curled up. I'm like, oh fuck! I forgot entirely yeah. that Max is at this point has lost a lot, and I feel really bad because with because of like her growing with L. Yeah, we we've grown to like her more. Because she's not the odd one out now. She's part of the gang. She's part of the D&D group. And I, I want to see more of her. And it's weird that uh, the, the buyers take kind of custody of Elle. Yeah. It does make a bit of sense. But I think the story continues with those three. I think they'll be... what In season four, uh, the buyers, Mrs. Buyer, Elle... And Her name's Joyce, by the way. Joyce. Joyce. Oh, Joyce Byers, yeah. yeah. So Joyce... We got there at the end, yeah. at the very end of the podcast. We got <laughs> the very end of the podcast. I think this show will begin with Joyce, Will, and L because those those two are the most attuned to the actions yeah. of those in the the upside down, and I think they will be the ones that come back at the start of the show, and I think we will end up in Hawkins again. Yeah. I think uh, what they're going to do is after because the the organization that uh, 
originally created Elle and gave her her powers. I think they're going to hear about what happened in Hawkins with the Mind Flayer mm. came came to being and attacked Hawkins. I think they're going to try and track Elle down, but they're going to realise that she's not in Hawkins anymore. They're in wherever the hell they are now. Indianapolis, yeah. Illinois. I don't think they mentioned. All right. I think they just disappeared. They just I think they just say, yeah, we're, we're going to leave now. Yeah. I think they've mentioned a couple places, like they've suggested maybe go here, might go there, just yeah. to get away from it all. But uh, yeah, they'll be like in Idaho. They'll yeah. be in somewhere you wouldn't expect them to be. And all of a sudden, they come back and it's, uh, oh, right, we're, we're, you know, we have to come back to Hawkins. To, yeah. And then we meet all the cast who have grown and hopefully yeah. uh, hopefully had a normal life for like half an hour. Just yeah. half. That's what, that's what they say, uh, oh, we're coming back for Thanksgiving. Can we just get like a, a yeah, like a half hour little dinner. special? Yeah. <laughs> just have them just sitting down having dinner or whatever. And just, yeah. that'll be give it. us a beach episode. I'd be fucking give us down. the beach episode. <laughs> give us, give us the baseball episode, the beach episode. Fucking, I would genuinely hands down love an episode where they just go to an amusement park for a day. Yeah. Show L, you know, have an ice cream for the first time. Yeah. You can have that that beerist moment. Just what is this delicious red thing? Oh, it's a strawberry. Oh, strawberry. Yeah, yeah, just show us L being a normal yeah. child then, because that would show you that she's grown up. She's getting used to human life again, as opposed to factory life when she was plugged into machines and told to crush coke tins. And- yeah. I, oh, I just that's that's part of what is my favorite part of the show is we, we want that episode. We want that nice, calm episode because we love these characters. They've grown on us so much over the last few years because they're the children. They're inevitably endearing in some ways, unless they're little shitheads. So looking at you, Mike. Mike, <laughs> you fucking cunt. <laughs> you cunt. <laughs> they, we have grown all these characters because of little character moments. For example, Lucas is the only one who likes new Coke because during the entire show, it's not cola they're drinking, it's new cola. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's not Coke Classic yet. It's not Coke Classic, it's new cola. Um, and that is just, again, you want to talk about peak, peak, peak 80s yeah. being used to sell characters that you will fall for that are just great. Um, I would say that is a, almost peak uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. But um, I think that's my thoughts on the show wrapped up just about. Yeah, although there's one thing I do want to get your thoughts on. Mm. Uh, throughout this, uh, Elle's, I've been saying that Elle's coming to grips with her powers, but at the end, she loses her powers because she gets the parasite and we don't know if maybe the parasite has some kind of lasting effects and maybe it's doing an avatar and it's blocking her mojo or something. But it, towards the end, she tries to, when they're packing up the buyer's house and they're uh, loading it up into the, mov- the, mm. the movement van, uh, she tries to use her powers to grab a teddy bear, but yeah. she can't quite do it. And then before she tries to move the car, but she it, it's not moving at all. So I just want to think: How do you think she gets her powers back, or do you think she's just going to forgo her powers and continue on as a normal ten-year-old? I wonder if the powers are related to there being a connection to the upside down. I wonder if because the gate is now sealed, well, if it's she did, shut. she closed it herself in season two, but in season three she used the powers. But the mind flare was still out there. Ah, true. So does that mean there's still a tenuous grasp? There's a little bit of a link. Does that mean when else powers come back because it's connected to the upside down? Ah, right. Is that how they realize? Like, El goes, oh yeah, I could totally close that door if I had my psychic powers. Boom. Oh shit, I can close the door from across the room. Yeah, mind flare back. What does that mean? Yeah. Like. Is Hawkins okay? Do we need to go back? Like, is that what starts off yeah. season four? That'd be interesting. I, I think yeah. it would be maybe if you're talking about that, maybe her powers disappear because the mind flares disappeared. I think a good way to start season four would be having the other numbers that she's met with because she meets with number nine. Uh, yeah, I think we met number nine in season one. I think it's nine tracking down Elsie and my powers have gone. 
what the hell's happened? Oh yeah, there was that. And I just remembered that there was an entire episode from season two, I think it was, yeah, well, she where they go that. to another city yeah. and like she pushes like a train cart and shit. Yeah, I forgot about that entirely. She I, meets. I think hmm. she meets one for sure, but I'm, I can't remember if she meets other numbered children. Yeah, but she meets nine for sure, and that's where she has the other. 80s yeah. ass makeover where she gets the, the suit jacket and the ah, she the, gets the, 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 the kind of hardcore look yeah, on her she gets the punker look that's pretty funny Um, so yeah I think that Elle's powers will be if not a main issue of the next season like how does Elle survive now that she doesn't have these like does she have to learn more does she have to ingratiate herself in, in yeah. like general pop or in her general culture more than uh, what she does now which is kind of get by and then when the moment's there she'll use psychic powers to just solve all her problems mm. Does she then have to become a better person, smarter, faster, whatever? Does she have to change and grow to become someone in season four? Or do we have her uh, her powers coming back as an indicator that something is wrong? Yeah. I mean, I know what I'd... Personally, I'd like that... I'd like, that, I'd like to see that her powers are gone. That it's, yeah. uh, Like you said, it is linked to the Mind Flayer. That she's, now that the Mind Flayer's done, she's closed off that link to get to the, the underworld or the upside down or whatever the, whatever it actually is. Uh is closed off that's her lost her power yeah. I like to see that maybe in season 4 she's just yeah. she's normal she's going to school she's she's you know she's or, doing regular work one thing I've just realised is there's, there's an entire world of mystery about Stranger Things that we don't know about there is the issue of the fact that there was a massive corporation training psychic children yep. the fact that the Russian military is involved the fact that there's a US in, uh, investigations in this whole thing Um, would it not be interesting to see the characters of the, the show try and figure out the world that's really going on like the secret deep cover yeah. operations going on and bring us the truth about the chemicals turning the frogs gay yeah we I th- want that I think Nancy, that's going to be Nancy's story in season 4 because she's had season 1 the demogorgon and the psychic child yeah. that happened to her she got taken to the upside down yeah. had to beat a demogorgon to death with a fucking baseball bat mm. season 2 uh, she gets she got more involved and she had to deal with a hell of a amount of shit with all the all the demodogs and stuff running about and the bit in the facility where Sean Astin dies. <laughs> and they, they bring him back for like five seconds just to kill him again. Yeah. He was recredited with that, so I'm guessing they reshot that. Yep, probably. I'm guessing that is... that's not a flashback. That was reshot because it's totally different lighting. It doesn't look CGI. I think yeah. they genuinely brought him back just to kill him again. In which case, fuck you, Stranger yeah. Things. Fuck it, Duffer Brothers, go fuck yourself. Why did they bring back Sean Astin just to yeah. kill him again? Then again, that guy just loves working. I wouldn't surprise me if he just went, guys, bring me back, shoot it from a different angle and kill me again. Yeah, kill me again. It was fun. It was awesome. Uh, then you go to season three where there's been a mind flare, there's been you know people eating chemicals and shit and all yeah. these rats exploding. I think that spurs Jonathan and Nancy on in season four to try and get to the bottom of this. Yeah. So it, we might see them not even in Hawkins. We might see them, you know, Hunting Washington down leads and stuff. Trying yeah. to track shit down, you know, interviewing people and getting to the bottom. You'll probably see them getting arrested. Yeah. For, you know, breaking and in. entering to try and find yeah. out what the fuck's going on right. I'd, yeah it's it's a good there's a lot of angles there's a lot of stuff left on the table yeah. even if L no longer has psychic powers even if the the, the, the door to the, the other world is completely shut off and we're left with just this weird not quite spy but kind of journalistic uh, investigation yeah. show I'm down for it because uh, if you can't tell we love Stranger Things yeah we love Stranger Things and we've also got the there's already demagogues out there because the, the Russians have got one that we those can see those Ruskies have got one the Rus- those uh, Ivans have got one yeah so what's to stop there being other creatures that have been captured because the Americans mm-hmm. they've probably fucking got something yeah they've got maybe a demodog or something that they found in the facility because yeah. you notice that, the, that when they went back the area's clean 
Yeah. Like all the demo dogs it's that live scrubbed there. clean. Yeah. So you can imagine that is being dissected somewhere. Mm. So there's endless threads that could lead off from season three. Yeah. And not many of them need El to have her powers. Yeah. But all I'll say is been three rock solid seasons of Stranger Things. Yeah. There's been a couple of episodes I think, yeah, that maybe that was dragging a bit, but there's been not many. I think maybe one out of twenty four episodes. I'm yeah. thinking, ah, that could have been done better. Yeah. But not many. And that's a solid hitter. So and yeah. It's a, it's a rare thing to say that each season of a show is just fucking solid and builds yeah. upon the next show. Yeah. Or next episode, next season. Yeah. Like I've watched twenty four hours of a show and I wouldn't I would maybe change five minutes of it. Yeah. It is an absurd record. Oh, it's ridiculous. So, because yeah. most most shows nowadays you'll get the first season's always good because that's to draw you in. Second season's more just right, we're giving you the big budget, we're gonna relax a bit. Mm. Uh, Stranger Things is because not we're gonna yeah. do the same thing because realize they always do the first couple of episodes are very normal, it's just kids being kids. Uh, same with season two and season three, it's all just kids being kids, fucking around. Then the horror kicked in. They've never changed that formula. Yeah. And it's always worked. They've stuck with the formula that worked. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd look forward to season four. I mean, fingers crossed for it. If it ends at season three, tell yeah. But if um, it goes to season four, bring it. Yeah. I'd be very okay with the men at season three. Obviously, because yeah. I'm a goody bastard and I, I like more of good things. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch a season four. Yeah. Make no mistake about it, I would watch a season four. But I'd be cool with it if they just yeah. ended at season three because it takes guts to just say, you know what, I like how that ended. We're going to leave it at that. L got, L got away. Uh, Will doesn't have to face the horrors of the upside down anymore. Yeah. Uh, Mike's going to try this long distance thing even though he's a can't <laughs> <laughs> and we've got yeah we've got all these other different story threads and they could resolve, the surf- resolve themselves off screen and maybe comics or something they could resolve it but if there was never another season of Stranger Things I think I could I'd be okay with it so with that in mind I've been Colin Graham I've been Dom Anderson and we've been hung jibberfish about Stranger Things <laughs>